Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Betting Above the Rim podcast. Today's date is January 17th, episode 21 of this podcast. Thanks for everyone who's listening. Shout out to my producer, Matt George, who does an absolutely fantastic job, and obviously Vinny, who does a lot of the graphics. We're going to get to five topics today in today's podcast. First off, we'll talk about the big trade that just went down a couple hours ago between Indiana and Toronto with Pascal Siakam getting traded to the Pacers. We'll talk about both teams a short-term and long-term, what I see, what's going to go on with those two franchises. Next, we'll look at a team in the Memphis Grizzlies that are struggling. Ja has the suspension, comes back, gets hurt, out for the year. What goes on in Memphis and how do they move forward? Third, we'll look at a team sliding in Houston. Emil Doka did a great job at the beginning of the season. Teams on a little bit of a rough stretch as they go into New York and play in a couple hours. We'll look at what's going on with the Rockets. Fourth, how about a team like Utah on a six-game winning streak? What does Danny Ainge do? A very intriguing time for Utah. Does Danny Ainge go for it with the playoff run, or do he still sell off some of the vets? And then with us doing the starting lineup for the Knicks all time, how about we go to another name brand franchise and the Lakers? And I'll tell you, folks, some of this could spark some outrage. And welcome to the Betting Above the Rim podcast. And let's get started. In the big trade that went down earlier today, it started to get rumored last night. Now, remember, folks, a couple of weeks ago, I came on this podcast and I talked about Pascal Siakam getting traded to the Western Conference because I didn't know that Musayu Ujiri would have traded him in the East. But I was wrong because Masai did decide to trade Pascal Siakam and trade him to an intriguing team, which does make a lot of sense, in Indiana. So the trade went down a couple of hours ago, and it goes like this. Pascal Siakam gets traded, obviously, uh, from Toronto to Indiana. And then Bruce Brown, uh, Jordan Nwaru, and that three first-round picks will go over to Toronto. One of them was being routed uh, by the Pelicans, along with Keir Lewis, uh, who was part of that trade as well. But the key thing with this trade is Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam, who has had a fantastic career, he can give you 22 points a game. He can get you seven, eight rebounds a game. He can give you six or so assists a game. He is such a fantastic offensive player. But the the one thing I want to tell people that people forget to realize is when Pascal came into the league, he was more of a defender. Pascal Siakam is one of the better defenders in the league. Kind of like OG Ananobi, who just got traded. One through four, Pascal can guard. Long, lanky, athletic. But there, there's more layers to this. So you got to look at the, the fit here, right? So how does this fit a team like Indiana? 
right? Well, first, they have the guard play, right? You got to talk about the play of Tyrese Halliburton, who is basically an all-star. May not make the all-star. Let's see, he's, he's been injured uh, for a little bit. He's been absolutely fantastic. And then you got to look at the big man in the middle, Miles Turner, stretch five, can shoot it from three, one of the premier shot blockers in the NBA, and is getting healthy. How about Benedict Mathering, right, out of Arizona? Scoring guy, get your buckets in a lot of different ways. So they have a lot of pieces. So where does where does Pascal Siakam fit? Folks, he fits perfectly at the power forward position. Number one, it allows sometimes Halliburton to honestly play off the ball because Siakam is a point forward, right? He has the ability to bring the ball up and create and let this guy, Tyrese, cook and be a shooter. Two, good luck in transition now. I mean, if you thought Indiana was good at transition, Pascal Siakam's one of the most athletic players in the NBA. And now this is a guy that can not only run the Blake break and lead it, but he can fill the wings for a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. So that is one thing that people need to realize is the, the offensive firepower for a team that was arguably the most firepower in the NBA with their scoring and their pace just got scarier. But the bigger thing to me is the defensive part. If Indiana's going to make a run in the playoffs, they're going to have to be able to get stops, right? And they got to be able to have a stopper. They don't have one. Now, Miles Turner is a premier shot blocker, rim protector. It's good, but they need a defender that can stop someone one through four, more likely two through four, and Pascal Siakam fits that bill. Now, let me say this really quick before I move on to Toronto. Are they better than Boston? No. Are they better than Milwaukee? No. Are they better than Philadelphia? No. Do I think they're better than the Knicks? No, I think the Knicks have more toughness. But this sets up this team to progress for this near future. And something to keep in mind, folks, with only giving up two first-round picks and not giving up Jarris Walker and not giving up Benedict Matherin, that means whether it's the trade deadline or this summer, Indiana can go all in and get another piece to the puzzle. Very intriguing what's going on in Indiana. And they got one of the best coaches in the NBA and Rick Carlisle. I'm not going to lie. I'm a Nick fan. I feel bad for Obi Toppin. I mean, Obi Toppin was backing up Julius Randle. And then he got his opportunity. Indiana was playing great. Didn't play Dave. Brought him off the bench. And now they got Pascal Siakam. And now he's going into a free agent year. So... Obi may be looking for a new home, but I, but I do like that fast break if it's Halliburton with Obi and Siakam. Oh, my God. Lob City in the NBA would be back. Now, instead of it being in L.A. with the Clippers, with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, it'd be like a East Coast, Midwest, whatever. You get my point. Let's move on to Toronto. The rebuild is officially here, right? They obviously moved Siakam. They moved Ananobi. So now what is this about? It's about 
really, to me, their core three. Led off by Maple Mamba, R.J. Barrett, who should feel comfortable at home in his hometown of Toronto, where he was born and raised. Obviously, his dad, Rowan, uh, runs the Olympic team. There's obviously the play of Emmanuel Quickly, who has wanted a starting spot for a long time and was backing up Jalen Brunson, so that's something that he was never going to be able to get. So you have Quick now as, a, as not just a, a scorer, but let's be honest, a, a facilitator. And then there is who I think is the real face of the franchise, and that's Scotty Barnes. A Scotty Barnes to me that's taking the next step. A Scotty Barnes is giving you 20.5, 8.5, Think about this. Top 50, top 45, all three categories. I want you to think about that for a second, right? And he's also one of the top defenders in the league. So a Raptors team that's 15 and 25 has punted, and they took two guys, and they got quickly, they got Barrett, they got Jordan Ora, they got Bruce Brown, who I think folks could get flipped again to a contender who could use a 3 and D guy off the bench, kind of a cheaper, not as good version of OG Ananobi, maybe Philadelphia. So in the three first-round picks, I should say, I'm sorry, uh, the four first-round picks they have gotten, right? Three in the trade, one from the Knicks. So Masao Jiri's done a good job of selling off his assets to start over. Let's see if he can get it done with a team that's 15 and 25. This is not about now, about Toronto. It's about the future. Let's move on to a team that we all thought was part of the future, or a big part of the future in the NBA, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. A Memphis Grizzlies team a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken, was a number two seed in the Western Conference playoffs. A team that in 21-22, they were playing whoop that trick, whoop that trick. I mean, hustle and flow. Shout out Terrence Howard. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, that's your problem. Go see it. But we all thought this was the team, right? Right? 56-26, two seed. Then all of a sudden... 22-23, 22-23, the problems with Ja starts, right? Then you look at, you know, even though they still ended up at 51-31, and 31, they, were, they were second in the West, only, you know, two games behind Denver. So then they cast off Dylan Brooks. He's the bad guy, right? He's the problem. So now they get rid of Dylan Brooks, and now you look at a team – that gets Josh suspended the first part of the year, comes back and gets hurt. So what is next for a Memphis Grizzlies team, folks, that's sitting right now as we record this, this episode at 15 to 25, 13 and a half games out of first, and three games out of the 12 seed? Can this team make a playoff run? Absolutely not. Not with John Moran out, and John was fantastic when he came back, and they had that little that little burst when he came back. And I, I want to say this as we look at John and, and Luke right there. I, I am such a big John Morant fan. I think he's great for the NBA. I love his energy. I love his passion he brings. The brothers just got to make better decisions. And 
With him not playing the rest of the year, I'm not going to lie, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about Ja. I'm concerned about his mental state, his well-being. Uh, I'm concerned about the people that are around him. I'm concerned about his decision-making. But I also hope that he's grown up and he's learned from his mistakes. So this team is sitting at 15 and 25, right? Desmond Bain, what kind of year he's had? 24.4, 4.6, 5.3, right? Well, guess what? Desmond Bain's hurt. Come back, maybe six weeks, five weeks now. So Bain's hurt, right? You go to Jerry Jackson Jr., whose scoring is up, right? 21.2 points per game, average 17 over his career. But my problem with Jaron Jackson Jr. is he's only giving you 5.7 rebounds per game. 1.7 blocks. This, this guy should be – Jaron Jackson Jr., folks, should be a 21, 22, and 10 guy right now. And he's not doing it. And that's a concern of mine, right? You ship out Dylan Brooks, you bring in Marcus Smart. Adult in the room. Leader. Defender. Tough guy. Grit and glue. Giving you 14.5, 43% from the floor. All right. 34% from three. 1% off his career. You know, uh, I'm sorry, 31% from three. One off his career. So you're like, okay. Well, this guy has missed half the season. Right? Now he hurt his finger. He's out for six weeks. So now he's out. So now you're looking at this team and saying, what are they going to do? What are they going to compete? Like, if you look at right now on FanDuel, the win total for the Grizzlies is 28 and a half wins. They have 15 already. They're 15 and 25, right? So that figure is right there. They're at 40 games, and they have 15 wins. Can they get 14 more wins in 40 games? That shows you what the NBA what they think about this team the rest of the way. They're in a lot of trouble. And if you pull up their schedule, folks, who they have to play the rest of the way, right? Or you go to a, a place that I love to look at, um, like Tankathon, right? If you look at Tankathon and you look up strength of schedule uh, remaining, they show you on Tankathon, as I pull it up as we speak, they show you the winning percentage records of teams the rest of the way, right? So the Grizzlies pulling them up 18th best schedule. They still got to play Minnesota twice, Boston once, twice for uh, the Bucks, twice OKC, twice Denver, twice Philadelphia. And if you consider their easy games, Detroit twice, once versus uh, Washington, two times Spurs, two times Hornets, two times versus the Trailblazers, one versus the Raptors. I mean, they're not running the table there. Do you think they're going to run the table at those games? I think they're going to picked off a couple of times with all these injuries. So look for a team like them to continue to struggle. That team total under 28 and a half wins on FanDuel right now, minus 138, would be an intriguing trend. Let's move on to another team in a Western Conference that's struggling, that overachieved early on and was one of the better stories in the NBA, and that's the Houston Rockets. Houston has been struggling, y'all. There's no way around it. Four, they are four and six in their last 10 games, 19 and 20. 
They've fallen out of the top 10 or tied with the Lakers. Well, you know, with the Lakers right now for the 10th spot. And and what has been the problem with Houston is, well, let's be honest. Number one, they were, they were really great at home. They struggle on the road. And they just came off a road trip where they went Miami, Chicago, Detroit, Boston, Philly. Oh, by the way, you have to play New York tonight. And those four of those five. And the only game they won was Detroit. And that was my two. My two. So they may go into New York, get bludgeoned to that to death tonight, and then move forward. But think about this. What was really been a big part of their play has been their defense. Well, during this, this road trip, 120, 124, 110. Now it's Detroit, 145, 124. Those are the points that they've been giving up this year. And if you think about a team like Houston going into this year, they were one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA, right? So now their defense was up to second in points per game defense earlier in the year. They have slid all the way, I do the whole league. Their defense is now, they're middle of the pack. Middle of the pack. Like they're starting to, they're starting to, they're starting to slide. I'm sorry, ninth. They were second about three weeks ago. So what do they have to do, folks? They have to get stops. They have to find a way to get stops and play better defense. So where do they go to that, right? Well, Dylan Brooks has got to be a guy that's got to get stops for them, right? Dylan Brooks is one of the, I guess, self-proclaimed best 3 and D guys in the league. Fred VanVleet's never been strong as a strong defender. Jalen Green never been known as a strong defender. Jabari Smith can play some D. It's that kid. I think they have to get a Men Thompson a little bit more look. You know, he's only getting you about 16, 17 minutes a game. He's got to get more time and let this kid develop. What do you do with a kid like a Cam Whitmore out of Villanova? Give me 9.7 points per game, 14 and 22 last two games. So the interesting thing about this team is, are, are they starting to play their young guys a little bit to see what's going on? I, I, I'm going to say this. Van Vliet's not going anywhere. This guy right here, Alferis Good, has been fantastic. I, 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 I have sung this kid's praises since the minute he got drafted. And I went on the NBA draft special with, with Ben Stevens and Kevin Walsh and told you guys what I thought Alferis Good was going to be, the Turkish treat. And y'all laughed at me when I said to you, he was a poor man's version of the Joker. 21.6, 8.9, Top 45 in all three things. He's been absolutely fantastic. Give you 23.8 the last 10 games. 7.9 rebounds. Could be a little bit better. So Alferen's been good. So Shagun is safe. I think Jabari Smith is safe. Obviously, we know Van Bleet's safe. The question I have is this. What do you do with Jalen Green? Such phenomenal talent. Could you move a Jalen Green in the offseason? I mean, he's going to fetch you a lot. You know, he's going to fetch you a lot, especially if you think that Cam Whitmore can play in this league and score in this league, which I think he's going to be able to. I was a big fan of Cam. Don't look at his season last year at Villanova. He was hurt the half the year. Or if you think, you know, you have to give Amen Thompson minutes. 
there could be a trade in the offseason. You may think I'm crazy. Maybe Jalen Green goes. It's amazing considering Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. was the backward of the future there. Not saying they should trade him, but something to consider. Let's move on to a team that's playing good basketball. The Utah Jazz? Wait, 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 wait. We, we're going to just talk around and say playing good basketball and the Utah Jazz. Folks, do you know right now that Utah is sitting in ninth place? Nine and one in the last 10 games, best record in the NBA over that span, sitting at 22 and 20, and played some good games. Look at some of these wins, and folks, they, they are beating teams. I mean, they're smacking good teams, folks. Go to Philadelphia, you win by 11. Go to Milwaukee, you win by 16, when Giannis was in a bad mood. Beat the Nuggets by 13 at home. Blew out the pitch with 27. I don't, I believe no Halliburton in that game, though. Beat the Lakers. And, and look at the scores. 120, 132, 124, 145, 132, 132. And this has become a really intriguing situation, folks. Because, number one, do you know that there is talk that Lori Marketing was on the block? Lori Marketing. Seven foot. 24. 8.8. 40% from three. Lori Marketing's on the block. Was on the block. Like, what? What are, we, what are we doing here, Danny Ainge? And that's my whole point. What is Danny Ainge going to do? Because when you look at this roster, folks, do I think they make a run in the West? No. But a team that's been that traded off Donovan Mitchell, Trade off Rudy Gobert. Quinn Snyder leaves. Restart over. They have some intriguing guys. What do you do with Chris Dunn? What do you do with, with, with this guy, Jordan Clarkson, one of the best six men in the league, who can score and get you buckets? Shout out to the Knicks. I think the Knicks should be looking at him. How about Colin Sexton? Kind of like an undersized two guard. What, what do you do with him? What do you do with the walking enigma of John Collins? Who, body like Tarzan, I will say the rest. What do you do with Kelly Olenek? What do you do with a THT? They have, they, they have so many intriguing guys that can get moved. There's THT right there. That can get moved to other places to rebuild and get more assets to allow this man, a Keontae George, who I loved coming out of Baylor. Let him develop. Or an Abaji from Kansas, let him develop. Or a Walker Kessler, let him develop. So there's an intriguing thing going on there in Utah. And I really wonder what Danny Ainge is going to do with his team playing so well. With them playing so well, does he do this and trade some of these guys? Remember, folks, if I'm not mistaken, last year, Utah was pretty good, folks, and then they fell off a cliff when they got to, like, March, end of February. Go look at their record. I think they were, like, 6 and, like, 19 or something, not a stretch. I think he sells off again, accumulates more assets. Let's go to my final topic. My favorite topic to do with this podcast now is all-time 
teams. I did the Knicks last time. So I was like, all right, let's do Lakers. And I'm like, God damn. I mean, this was a struggle. So without further ado, let me proceed to piss a lot of people off. Here's my bench for the Lakers. At center, Shaquille O'Neal, the big Aristotle, the big legendary, Hall of Famer, three-time MVP. Oh, no. How about, how about another center? How about Will Chamberlain? Oh, no, no, have, only have 15, 50 points a game one year. You know, four-time MVP, Hall of Famer. How about Elgin Baylor? One of the most dynamic and athletic players to come into this league. Average 27.4 points per game, Hall of Famer, 11-time All-Star. How about the logo? You know what the logo is? All right, kids, you're too young. Go look it up. It's Jerry West. All right? Jerry West, one of the greatest of all time out of West Virginia. Got you 27 points per game, 14-time All-Star. And how about the defensive stopper, Michael Cooper? Coop. I know. You look at him like, why is he on the list? Well, he only won five, only won five rings and was one of the backbone players of that, that great Showtime era. That's the bench. Like Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, him, that guy. He ain't starting on my team. How about this guy? How about Will? I ain't starting Will either. Like, I, I literally have two of the top 10, 12 players of all time. Neither one of them are starting lineup. Or Elgin Baylor, probably top 50 all time. Or Jerry West. Top 50 all-time. Not starting any of them. So who am I starting? Here's my starting lineup. At the point, I had to go with him. Magic Johnson. Lauren Patrick, you were my favorite player growing up. The, the invention of what we call the big guard. 19.5 points per game, 7.2 rebounds. I'm sorry, 7.2 rebounds. 11.2 assists, 12-time All-Star, 5-time NBA champion, Three-time MVP, three-time finals MVP. Got him made passing cool again. Unbelievable player. I, I, I can't speak enough. And, and I mean, if Magic doesn't get HIV, and he plays three, four more years, I mean, Magic Johnson to me is, is someone that you could talk about, argue about, could be on the Mount Rushmore of the NBA. How about this guy? We talked about the Maple Mamba earlier. How about the Black Mamba? Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. 25 points per game, 5.2 rebounds. 18-time All-Star, 5-time champion, 2-time Finals MVP. Only won MVP once. It's a little crazy to think about it. And him and Shaq brought the Lakers back to the prominence with their, their three rings and then turned around again with a different crew. Oh, how about this? Speaking of different crew, how about Paul Gasol's not on my list or even off the bench? How about that one? Small forward, big game James. You know about big game James? Man, James Worthy was like, it's like a, he would get the ball that fast break, Chick Hearn would yell slam dunk, and that guy would look like a, I don't know, there it is. With the goggles. Man, back in the day, bro, I'm going to tell y'all, some people got goggles back in the day because of James Worthy. Like, those goggles were cool. I ain't talking about Kurt Rambis' rec specs. I'm talking about big game James Worthy, his goggles out of North Carolina. Fantastic 
fantastic career, big game James, really was uh, ahead of his time as an athletic uh, small forward who could run the wing. Power forward. All hell to the king! See, I was thinking about this because LeBron is like a small forward, same as worthy. So I just said, you know what? I got to put both of them on the list. LeBron James, 27.1 points per game. This These stats with the Lakers. 7.3 rebounds, 7.1 assists. 19-time All-Star, four-time champion, four-time MVP, four-time Finals MVP. My second-best player all the time. Yeah, I said it. I still take Jordan over him. Sorry. A guy that's on Mount Rushmore of the NBA who is carrying the Lakers team at 30 years old. By the way, I just said something about a sports game before. We're talking about his last podcast. Can the rest of you clowns get it together? Like, this guy at 38 is carrying you guys. And you clowns can't get your you-know-what together. Like, this guy, I mean, it, it, it's it's so infuriating as a basketball fan to watch this guy's greatness at 38 when you start to see guys decline in their game and see him elevate. Last but not least, center, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the captain. I took Kareem over Shaq and Wilt. Why? Number of championships, number of MVPs, longevity. Longevity, folks. And you got to look at the fact of he created the most dominating shot that I've ever seen in the skyhook. I haven't seen it since. I don't know if you're ever going to see it since. So once again, starting lineup, Magic, Kobe, big game James Worthy, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, with a bench, with a bench of Shaq, Wilt, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, Michael Cooper. And I don't have Paul Gasol. I don't have Norm Nixon. I don't have Byron Scott. I don't have Nick Van Exel. I mean, when you say Nick Van Exel, and yeah, why not? Nick Van Exel. I don't have Derek Fisher. I, I don't have AC Green. I don't have Kurt Rambis. I, I can go on and on. That reminds me, next podcast, Boston Celtics. I, can't, I hate the Celtics, but I still respect them. Next podcast, Boston Celtics starting five all time. This has been your Betting Above the Rim podcast, episode 21. For all things sports grid, pre-game, in-game, post-game, props, predictions, and more, download the Sports Grid app on iOS, Android, Google Play Store. This is your one-stop shop for all things sports gambling from some of the brightest minds in the business. Also note, all of my college basketball scouting reports are always only on the Sports Grid app including on Saturdays where you get up to four of them on that day. Thank you for everyone for listening to the Betting Above the Rim podcast. Special shout out to Vinny who does our graphics and obviously my producer, Matt George, who has done a fantastic job as my co-pilot. Yeah, I said it, my co-pilot on this podcast and every podcast we've done. couple of things. We're looking to get guests back on. Look for possibly John Fanta, and or Jeff Goodman within the next couple of weeks. I think this will be an opportunity to bring them back in as we reshape the board. Remember, next podcast, I'll get into the Boston Celtics 
and talk about their all-time team and what I think would be an interesting debate with some of the great older players from the Koozies and the Bill Russells to all the way to the newer players like the Tatums and the Jalen Browns. Once again, thank you for listening to the Betting Above the Rim podcast. This is Coach Chuck, episode 21. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, it's always smarter to be on Sports Group. Good night. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.